0: Well hey everybody, welcome to our online campus at Water of Life. I am your online campus pastor, my name is John and I'm just so thankful that you're here with us today. Uh, We just got out of this Christmas time with all of our Christmas Eve services and it was so much fun. We talked about surprises, we had great surprises in our service and I know for me Christmas is all about surprises and I I love being surprised. Uh, My wife surprised me with some new snowboard gear that I'm really excited to try out but we have great services for you this weekend. And I'm so excited for what we have for you and what the Lord has for you this upcoming service today. And so if this is your first time here with us today, I wanna encourage you text the word new here to 818-818 and let us know that you're here with us today so that we can greet you. And so a couple things that are coming up that I I wanna let you know about and the first, is that we have our New Year's Eve services coming up this week. And so we're really excited about this. If you've ever done New Year's Eve with Water of Life, you know it's a really cool experience where you actually write a letter to God and you seal it up. It's kind of a prayer for you for this moment, a snapshot of this time. And then we mail it back to you uh, at the end of the year, or, I'm sorry, in, in six months. And so we are actually created a, an online version for you as well. For those of you who are online with us this year, you're gonna be able to write that letter and we'll still print it out and mail it to you in June. And so it's a really cool experience that you won't wanna miss. Our services are five o'clock here at the Fontana Campus and at the Upland Campus. Also, of course, streaming online on December 31st. Uh, Thursday that's coming up and so also I know a lot of us are trying to get on in our year-end giving and so if you're still trying to give if you want to give toward the building to retire it as Pastor um, Dan was talking about retiring our mortgage payments or if you're just trying to get in that end of year giving, we want to encourage you and thank you. Uh, You can still get those gifts in by December 31st, and uh, you can mail those into the office as long as they're postmarked on the right date. You can also go to wallupdates.com for all the different ways that you can give. And so before we head into worship today, I want to encourage you with something really quick. This is a verse that is probably the most familiar verse in all of the church, in all of Christianity but I think it's so key as we're coming off this this Christmas day. So this is John 3.16. Many of you would know it by heart, and it says, For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And there's two verbs in in that passage, in that verse, that I just love and that are so key, so central to our life as Christians. Love and gave because He loved us so much, He gave us His Son. And so today as we enter into worship and we reflect on the new year that's coming up, we think the same way. We love God so much that we give ourselves to Him. We love others so much that we give ourselves to others in so many different ways. It's it's like Water of Life always says, we always say, passion for God, compassion for people. And so I'm gonna pray for us today as we enter into worship. Father God, just as your heart for us was so filled with love that you were willing to give your one and only son so that we might have a relationship with you, that we might be able to come into fellowship with you and literally be adopted into your family. God, that we would love you enough that we would give ourselves to you, that we would love others this year so much that we would give ourselves sacrificially to them just as you would uh, with your son. So God, as we come to you in worship today, we give ourselves to you wholeheartedly as a sacrifice of praise. We pray that your spirit would be with us wherever we're watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we head into the worship center right now, we're going to get started in just a moment. God bless you as, as you worship with us.
1: worship together. our prayer today. Come on, believing that God is doing a new thing, amen. Come on, let's sing like this. It's a new horizon. the name of Jesus, the name that is the name above all other names, the name that has power, the name of Jesus. And so Jesus, we just say that you are King, that you are Lord, that no matter what circumstances are happening around us, we know that you still sit on the throne. And so we worship you, we trust in that, we are believing for what you're gonna do in this next year. We love you and we worship you and we give you all the glory and honor and praise and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. King Jesus. Well, it's so good to worship with you all. For those of you joining online, welcome. Why don't you do this? Why don't you wave to somebody you don't know. If you're sitting at home, wave to somebody in your house and welcome them as we continue on in our service. God bless.
2: You guys had an incredible Christmas Eve. Who was able to join us either online or in person this year? Everybody? Awesome! Yeah, great. Well, we uh, we know it looked a little different, um, but whether you join online or in person here or at Upland, we hope you guys had an incredible Christmas. Um, it was just so awesome to see how God moved. Awesome to see the surprises in place. Um, and yeah, it was a great time to be together. Uh, well, today we have a very special speaker um, who's coming to share. We have Pastor Dan, um, not the one that you're probably used to, another Pastor Dan. There's a couple of Pastor Dans around here. Um, but Pastor Dan Sneed is, is family here, and he's just an incredible communicator that loves to speak of the heart of God, um, to share some vision for us. I don't know about you, but moving into a new year, I kind of need some perspective of what, of what my where my heart should be expecting and how to move into it. And um, I was at last service, so I kind of had a little sneak peek, but it's incredible Message, and we're just believing that God's going to continue to speak to you guys in this service as well. So, would you guys do me a favor and give a warm water of life welcome to Pastor Dan Sneed? Good morning.
3: Good morning. Well, good afternoon. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was a little different than usual. Yeah, for, for us it, it was really good, but, but different. And you we're, I'm trying to figure, what am I doing here? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I know what it is, I'm trying to figure out where's my mask, it's right here. Um, after a while, it's really difficult. I either leave the house without one, or I get out and I find that if I don't have it in my hand, that I feel like something's not right. And so, I don't know, when all this is over with, we may be people who just like it so well that we start doing masks regularly. I, oh, I saw a lot of heads go, no. <laughs> it's really a privilege to be with you this morning. And this is the, the Sunday between, you know, all the stuff of Christmas and, and uh, the beginning of a new year, and so, I thought this would be a good time to talk about refocusing. And uh, this year, I don't know about you, but this last year has been, 2020 has not been my best year. And uh, anybody else found it a little difficult this last year? Yeah? Uh, it, it, for, for me, personally, there's been a n- number of things that happened, and a lot of the year, it seemed like my whole world was turned upside down. I began with a uh, cancer diagnosis and the chemotherapy that followed and, and all of that. I'm, I'm doing great now. No, it's gone. It's no problem. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, that word is so scary. That that word is mentioned, and they're just something that grabs a hold of you right away. And, but God is bigger than cancer. You know, God is, He's greater. And so that began, kind of began the year, and working through all of that, and then we had to move from the house that we've lived in for 27 years, and so I'm going through chemo and having to move, and and believe me, after 27 years, our kids, grandkids uh, raised there, and it was... Uh, difficult, the emotions and the, the amount of stuff that you have, I mean it was everywhere you look was stuff and I'm, I get kind of sentimental and I'll be fine with, it, you know, in fact I should probably have somebody come in and just pack stuff and take it because when I, I'm fine until I see it and the minute I see it oh I think that, I remember when you know one of the grandkids oh, no we got to keep that We don't got to keep that But that's so It was a really emotional move And in the middle of all of that We had kind of a family crisis And a lot of hurt and stuff came out of that And so all of this comes down at the same time And then there is this thing called COVID You've probably heard about that one And it it just There it is And again the whole world kind of flips upside down And we're all trying to figure out What in the world this is all about And at that point Uh, Being a cancer patient and on chemo, I was extremely vulnerable, but um, you also realize, if you know me very well, that the worst thing on the world you can do to me is expect me to stay in in the home. I mean, I gotta go. I've gotta. um, uh, I don't mind the masks, I can do all the hands, I mean, I do all that to take care of everything, but it's really hard to stay at home. And uh, with that, though, see, all my ministry basically is travel. Travel really all over the world, and a good percentage of our income comes from travel. So now you've got the whole financial thing on top of it, and this has just been a tough year. But God has been faithful throughout the year. We've watched over and over again God move into the situation And like I said, I'm here today, I'm feeling great, everything is perfect, and uh, so praise God, even in the middle of all this stuff, God is bigger than COVID, God is bigger than cancer, God is bigger than our finances, He's bigger than all of it. And I'm really, 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 really grateful. One of the things I found myself saying to myself over and over, Uh, this last number of months is, I'll be so glad when things get back to normal. Anybody else said that? I'll be so glad when things get back to normal. Uh, I can't, you know, back to the way it was. And I found myself saying that over and over again and then began to realize, well, wait, wait. Something bigger has taken place. And I'm not sure what normal is anymore. And I'm not sure that we're going back to the way, in fact, I'm pretty confident that we're not going back to the way that it was. Now, I think there'll be a lot of similarities and a lot of familiar things, but I, I, something has shifted, something has changed, and it, it, with all of that, our, even then, our God is bigger. Our God is greater, he has a plan, He has a purpose in all of this that's far greater than we realize. In the middle of all this, I was reading the other day through uh, Philippians, and in chapter 3, there's a man by the name of Paul, whom you would probably be familiar with, uh, talked about his achievements, talked about the way that it was talked about his background and all that he had accomplished. And I, I couldn't help but think of, you know, some things in my life, but also thinking of water of life, thinking, you know, there's, God has done so much through water of life. All over the world, things have taken place because of what God has done here. And so there's a lot of achievements. There's a lot of good things. But Paul, and that's what Paul was doing. He was going through all these good things. And then he says, but... That's nothing, that's over, that's done, that's gone. And I, if, if Paul was like me, that's hard to do sometimes. I can get very sentimental and wanna hold on to things, but he, you know, that's all over with. The passion of my life is to know Jesus, is basically what he said. That's, that's the motivation within me. I want to know him more than anything else. And, but I, it, in order to do that, I have to let go of yesterday in the um, uh, third chapter in verses 12 and 13, 13, 12 through 14. Let me read it. Not that I have already attained all of this, for have or have I already arrived at the goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He lists all these achievements And all of the good things, he said, that's nothing. I've got to put all of my energy, not in remembering the past, the good things, the bad things, all of my energy into moving on. Because God has a dream for my life. God has a plan for my life. See, the driving uh, force behind Paul's passion was, first of all, he wanted to know Jesus. That was, I want to know him. Now, Philippians is written in, towards the end of Paul's life. So you would certainly say, if anybody has ever known Jesus, Paul, you have. But there's still that passion in him. I pray that that passion's in us. Even after all the years of ministry, I pray that I never lose passion to know Jesus, to know him. But then there's also something else in that verse where it says that I want to lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. See, there's a dream that God has for your life. There's stuff that he's put inside you. And Paul's really saying, I want to lay hold of that. I, I, want to, I haven't made it yet. And again, remember, this is towards the end of his life. He's done it all. I mean, it, this is a great apostle. He's done all of it. And he says, I I still want to make sure that I lay hold of everything that Jesus lay hold of me for. And so as I begin to think about that, I begin to think back to the whole thing of going, going back or the, the old you know, the way, the normal way, and all of that. And I've been praying and thinking, Lord, what, what are you saying? What are you saying through all of this to your church? Where do we need to be now? Not focusing on yesterday, but how do we begin as we begin a new year? I think 2021 is going to be very different than 2020. I think there's things God has done in a number of different ways this past year that prepares us for, I believe, a fresh move of God's spirit across the nation, across the land, in other parts of the world as well. And so I, I'm, there's something inside of me that really is excited about 2021 and ready to say goodbye to 2020. And that's basically what Paul was saying. The, again, I wonder sometimes if we're not asking the wrong questions. You know, we, we, we ask the question of, when will it be normal again? When will we get back to what it was? But I wonder if the questions we should be asking Are more these questions through the events and challenges of 2020 what is Jesus saying to his church you know through all that we've been through through all the things that's happened what is Jesus saying to his church what does he want to speak to you what does he want to speak to me here's another question How do we strengthen our foundation as we embrace the future? See, we don't wanna let go of our values. We don't wanna let go of all that God has done and worked in our lives. How do we strengthen that foundation while we're moving towards a, a different future, while we're moving towards what God has in the future? And so that's another question I found myself asking over and over again, how do I strengthen that foundation while I move forward? Another one is how do we reflect and communicate the heart of God in a rapidly changing environment? The world around us is rapidly changing. In many ways, what's happened with COVID, you know, we wanna blame an awful lot of things on COVID, but the reality is church-wise that a lot of things were already in the making. There were a lot of things that were already happening in the body of Christ. For the last 20, 25 years, the American church has been, you know, attendance has been going down. COVID has accelerated that, but, but there's all that that's been there. So how do we how do we how do we communicate how do we live a life in 2021 what's the church to look like in in 2021 what's what's it to be what's it all about in 2021 and so I believe our focus as I've been thinking about it praying about it a lot and Lord what do you want my focus to be I realize in these last months there's been some readjusting of priorities and there's been some readjusting of, of focus what what are the things that we need to focus on as we move into a new year and, f- and as I looked it through and prayed it through, there were four three things that was really strong that I wanted to share with you this morning the first one is focusing on relationships on relationships you know it's so easy to get taken up with so much in the world that we live in Paul His focus was on his relationship with Jesus. And I believe that's where it starts. Focusing on our connection to Jesus. Focusing on our relationship with him. This is a good time for so many people who are not able to get out as much as they did. This is a good time to start that focus on relationship with Jesus. But also on relationship with one another. In uh, Revelation chapter 2, there's a a, a place there where, where Jesus is speaking to the churches of Revelation. This is the first church, the church at Ephesus. And he talks about all of their achievements, all of the good things that they've done, and he commends them on a number of things. But then he says this, you don't love me or each other as you did at first you can talk about their hatred of evil. He can talk about the, the good things that they've done. They're protecting of, of right doctrine and all of that. But he comes right down to it and says, but this is what, here's my complaint. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. And that's from the uh, living or the New Living Testament. That second part, you don't love me or each other. You know, I don't know about you, but I think the world that we live in has become really mean. And, and the tragedy is that I see a lot of that meanness in the church. And I, social media has given all of us the ability to say what we want to say with no accountability. I, you know, when I stop and think, would I say that to someone's face And most of the time I would say, no way would I ever. But why do I think I should do that on social media then? But the tragedy is, like I said, there's a lot of Christian stuff that I look at and I think, this is just mean. This shouldn't even be said. Why? But it comes down to relationship. It comes down to loving one another. And I wonder if God isn't saying, listen, church, I want to get you back to your priority. Your priority is your your love for me. Your priority is growing in that love. And your priority is, is one another, loving one another, caring for one another. There's so much hatred. There's so much racism. There's so much, you know, if you don't agree with me, then I don't, you know, I don't want to hear it. You're my enemy, and I'll do everything I can to demonize you. I've seen that over and over and over again. And, and we forget we're dealing with people. And people are incredibly valuable to God. And they've got to be valuable to us. And, I, you know, I, for, for the most part anymore, have found myself saying, you know, I don't need to spend time on Facebook I don't need to spend time with Instagram. I mean, I, I do some, not saying that. And they're not bad in and of themselves, but what, we, what we've done with it is tragic. A tool that could be used to touch people's lives in a positive way. A tool that could be used to make a difference in a right way. We turned it and used it for whatever we want to use it for. And it, it really doesn't reflect our value. Of loving and caring and being there for one another. There's a scripture that most of you would be familiar with in uh, John 13, verse 35. It says, By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Doesn't say if you have all the same doctrine. Doesn't say if you if you you know have the same political affiliation. Doesn't say that if you, what color you might be, or what ethnicity you might be. It says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. See, isn't there also a verse in John, 1 John 4, verse 20, that tells us you can't love God and hate your brother? You can't love God? Pretty strong statement. You can't love God and hate your brother. See, I think one of the things that God's calling us back to is relationships. Relationships with him, relationships with one another, valuing one another. But not even just valuing one another here, but valuing people out there. The people out all around us are incredibly important to God. And they need to see that... that That same thing in us where we reach out to them and love them and care for them. They need to see the church full of hope, not full of despair. So relationships. The second one that I I really think is a a focus for us in this coming year is presence or inviting his presence or nurturing and being aware of, of the presence of Jesus so important Jesus the Holy Spirit can do in seconds what the best sermons in the world can't do for hours don't worry I'm not gonna do hours this morning but Jesus it's just seconds the touch of the Spirit supernatural power of God I think our world is longing for it they want to see this thing is real or not and two of the ways that that shows is love for one another and by letting the Holy Spirit in a very real and natural way I think one of the reasons that some of us get a little bit concerned about the work of the Holy Spirit is that we've seen things that were not very natural We've seen things that seemed very affected by something else or maybe overly spiritual. And I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a natural, genuine, real move of God's Spirit, the kind of thing that touches people, heals sick bodies, sets captives free, turns people's lives around. That's key to reaching this world. And if we don't, if we don't have that, we limit what God wants to do through our lives. When uh, I was growing up, my my grandmother's a huge influence on my life, both my grandparents were, but my grandmother in particular. uh, In my mind there was always God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and Grandma. And sometimes sometimes I found that she got a little higher on that list actually, but uh, she had a huge impact. My grandmother was very, um, what's the word I wanna use? She's very deliberate. My grandfather was a great storyteller, uh, an amazing storyteller, but it was always about growing up on a farm in Iowa, and he had great stories and was great at telling those stories. My grandmother was a storyteller, but she always had a purpose in it, and she always was, there. when she started to tell you a story, you knew that she was going somewhere, there's something she wanted you to get a hold of. And I remember when, when I was just a kid, seven, uh, probably eight, nine years old, they would take me to a place in Los Angeles called Angeles Temple. And uh, it was a church that really was involved a lot in the early revivals of the 1900s. And they would take me there, and on the second level of Angeles Temple is a uh, case of, you know, it's a glass case, it's not there any longer, but it's a glass case that where they had Crutches and braces and wheelchairs and stories about people that had been miraculously healed And we would walk along there and I'd look at it and it was like for a Eight, nine-year-old boy, that's just a lot of old artifacts And that didn't mean much until grandma would point at one And she would say, I was there I saw that happen And she would start to tell the story And suddenly it all came alive She put in me not only a hunger for Jesus, but she put in me a hunger to see the Holy Spirit move in a very real and powerful way. And I'm more convinced than ever, if if we don't have the touch of God's Spirit, we are not going to touch our world. We have great programs, and, and we should have great programs. We spend a lot of time working with them and preparing them, and absolutely, but remember there's a scripture in John uh, 15 verse 5. It says, where it's apart from me, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. We're, we're pretty good. The American church is pretty good. We've learned all the right things to do and the slick ways to do it. And and I don't even want to be critical of that, but I do want to say that the bottom line is without without Jesus, without the touch of the Holy Spirit. Nothing really happens of any great value. We need the touch of his spirit. As we move into this new season, as we move into this new time, we need to be aware of his presence more than ever. Somebody asked me just recently, what, in all the years of ministry, and now that you've come to this stage of your life, what, what in ministry, what, what's most important in ministry to you? It didn't take me long to say what I needed to say, and I said, I said this, the presence of Jesus, the presence of Jesus. You know, I, I've preached a lot of sermons. I've prayed with a lot of people. I've counseled only God knows how many. I've done all those kind of things, but it's the presence of Jesus that makes a difference. It's the touch of the Holy Spirit. And I find myself longing more than anything, longing for, the, for his presence to be sensed and felt more than ever before, for his presence to touch us. For, and there's a longing in me, just Lord, let your presence, let your presence be here. In um, Exodus chapter 33, there's a the story of, of Moses getting ready to go up with the, the Israelites up into the promised land And this is what he says. And he's talking to God. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I love the way the message translation puts it. If your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. If your presence doesn't take the lead Call this church off. <laughs> don't call the church off. Call this trip off right now. You know, I—that I, was a slip. I didn't mean that, but—but but maybe, maybe I did. If your if your presence isn't here, Lord, if your presence isn't going with us, we can't do it. We can't do it. So don't 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 send us. Don't. You know, how many times do we try to do when Jesus just simply says, if I lead, it'll happen. If you'll follow me, if you'll let my presence lead you, it'll happen. And, and, and so, yeah, I, that was a slip. I didn't mean to say church, but I do as I did, I wonder if the Holy Spirit wasn't saying something. That, Lord, if, if, if this place isn't filled with your presence, what are we doing? When people walk into this building... What do they feel? We, we work hard to make them feel loved. We work hard to make them feel welcome. And those are things we absolutely should do. But, but it's only when, when they feel the presence of Jesus. It's, it's, it's only when they feel the touch of God's spirit that things happen. And again, I'm not talking about weirdness. I'm talking about the real, genuine, natural. You know, I, I really believe that this next season, we're going to begin to see supernatural things happen through ordinary people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, just, not just guys that stand behind the pulpit, but through you. Yeah, yeah. God can work through your life. Yeah. And I believe that we're gonna to begin to see more and more of that. I wonder if even, you know, the fact that we're not, we can't really meet very well together anymore. I mean, as far as, you know, they've got all the social distancing stuff and all that. I wonder if God isn't saying, why, why don't you just know that I can work through you? Yep. You know, I love this. I love to be in, I love to be together. But what, I can work through you. I can touch people in your neighborhood through you. It doesn't have to happen in the church building. It's, in fact, we are the church wherever we go. We are the church, and we should be taking the presence of Jesus wherever we go. So presence. Lord, I can't, I can't make it without your presence. I say that very sincerely. I can't do it. You know, after all these years of ministry, I've done, I've done a lot of things. But it comes down to, if your presence isn't with me, don't send me, Lord. I can do it. I can do it. So many times, when I get ready to speak, I'll find myself saying, Dan, what happens if you just get up there and do your thing? And it scares me. Because I know that, you know, I I know I can teach. That's not... but I, I don't. I don't want to just teach. I want. I want to see people's lives touched. I can't do that. I can't do that. I love Pastor Danny. He's f- an amazing pastor and an amazing communicator. But he can't do it without the touch of God's Spirit. That's what makes the difference. And I, you know, I, I've been around Water of Life since it, in, it began. And that was a value from the very beginning, that we be people who in a normal, natural, genuine way manifest God's presence, and we see things happen. We see miracles take place. I believe Jesus still works miracles. And we need to see them in the day that we live in. Presence. We need to cultivate his presence. That should be a focus. I love the worship team. They did a great job in cultivating the presence of Jesus with us. The third thing that I believe is a focus for the coming year is mission. Relationships with God, with one another. Cultivating the presence of the Holy Spirit. Welcoming him. And mission. Mission. Mission, what are we called for? Why did, you know I asked myself this question a while back and I've been studying it a little bit. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And you know, there, you begin to list out the reasons that he came, things like uh, to seek and to save that which was lost, uh, to destroy the works of darkness, and we could just go on, but the one I come to that I really believe is the primary reason Jesus came is to show us what the Father is really like. To show us the heart of the Father. See, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. And I believe primarily he came to show us the heart of the Father. I, the world needs to see the heart of the Father. And I i know i know that the media gives us a bad rap i know that but i wonder sometimes if we don't do it ourselves and not allowing the heart of the father to be seen through our lives not allowing it's not about all the stuff we do it's about the heart of the father touching the lives of people so Jesus came to show us the heart of the Father. What has he called his church to be? What has he called his church to do? In uh, Luke chapter four, verse 18, is where Jesus stands up, and he reads from the the prophet Isaiah. And this this is what he read. The spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. That was the mission of Jesus. And our mission is to do what Jesus did. Our mission is exactly the same, to do what Jesus did, to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us The church exists by mission, as fire exists by burning. The church can't function without mission. I wonder, in these last several years, as I've watched things, we get sidetracked very easily. And suddenly our focus is on this, or on that, or on this. And we forget what the focus, what the mission is really all about. The mission, really, is all about doing what Jesus did. It's, it's, that's what it's all about. And, but we can so easily get sidetracked. And there's so much of it in the day that we live in, being sidetracked. Let, let's focus, get back to what our mission is, what we're called to do. And watch and see what God does with it. I believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to refocus for a new season. I'm very sincere when I say, I believe that God is going to take COVID. God is gonna take the political turmoil. God is gonna take all of the things, and and you watch and see, in the middle of it, he is going to be glorified. In the middle of it, he's going to, he's going to begin to touch people's lives. I wanna be right in the middle of that. I wanna be right in the center of what Jesus is doing today and I want water of life to be right in the center of what Jesus is doing today. Not getting sidetracked, but right for our mission is head on, so it's relationship. Relationship with Jesus, relationship with one another, crucial, it's cultivating his presence, allowing his presence to fill, to fill us and to fill the church. And mission, this is what we're all about this is what we're supposed to be doing relationship with Jesus aware of his presence supernatural touch of the Holy Spirit the mission what's it all about why do we exist why do we exist what is God's dream for his church what is God's dream for water of life what is God's dream for his church why does the church even exist? I hear people asking that question all the time. We've, we've got a young generation coming up that isn't buying the old statements. And, and they're, they're, but I hear them asking that same question. What, really, why does the church exist? What's it all about? And we've got an answer to that. We've got an answer. And that answer will make a difference. The church is about doing what Jesus did through the power of the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus. That same Spirit is in you and in me. And you know, one of my favorite, I I made this statement, that's why I love it so much. Once in a while I'll say something and I think, oh, that was pretty good, Dan. The (laughs) church is at its best when it gives itself away. The church is at its best when it gives itself away. That's, that's, yeah, you can clap for that because that's true. We're at our best when we give ourselves away. We were never intended to keep it all for us. We were intended to give it away and watch God multiply back over and over and over again. I watched, watched that with Water of Life where the more people were giving, and I'm not just talking about money, just giving life, giving, you know, whatever, the more it happens, I just see it coming back over and over and over, just keeps coming back because that's how God does it. And that works in my life, and that works in your life. Refocus, this is the time to refocus. 2021 will not be like 2020. Thank God, it'll be be different. It'll be different. And I believe all that's happened in 2020 sets the stage for what God wants to do in this next year. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we look towards a new year, for some of us, there's that feeling of it can't come soon enough. For others, you know, it may be not quite as simple as that. But Lord, we, we really are longing to see the changes you want to bring about. Not changes that we just, you know, that are forced on us or changes that we force on ourselves, but the changes that you want to bring. Lord, I believe you're setting your church up for a significant move of your spirit and as I said a minute ago, I want to be right in the middle of that. And while that really is a word for the church, water of life, it's very much a word for each one of us individually. I want to be right in the center of what Jesus is doing in this generation. Will you, will you do that, Lord? And if you, if, if you don't, if your presence isn't with us, call the trip off. We've, we need your presence. We need your presence. We need one another. We need to build those relationships more than ever. And we need to know you in a deeper way than we've ever known you before. And Lord, I believe that's what we're to focus on in this coming season, in this coming year. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Does it, you know, some of you are not quite sure yet. One of the, I've gotten used to it, but one of the difficult things speaking with the lighting like this is I can't see your faces. And so I don't know if you're scowling or if you're smiling Then the mask. Who knows what you're doing behind that? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I, I just really believe God is going to do something. I, you know, we'll look back and COVID's horrible. It's so many lives, so it's horrible. But somehow God takes things like COVID and turns them around and uses them for good. And I believe he's going to do that. Amen?
2: See, I told you it was gonna be good, so. (laughs) It was good. Um, we're really grateful for a word like that to challenge us, to encourage us as we move into a new year. I know I was kind of joking about it in first service. You know, at the, at the beginning of 2020, we talked about how 2020, we're gonna have 2020 vision. It was gonna be perfect, perfect clarity, and then 2020 happened, and you're like, what is happening? Um, but it, it really feels like, you know, like what, what Pastor Dan said, that this is the year that the Lord is just kind of stripping away the things to help us focus on the things that, that really are the most important for us. The relationships with God and with people to to be aware of his presence in our life and in our community and to and to make the main thing the main thing the mission that Jesus had for us and we hope that encouraged you today. Um, if you're online or if you're in person and you felt like you know something really spoke to your heart and you need prayer, if you're online, you can click the prayer tab. There are pastors that are waiting to pray with you. You can even call into the church. But if you're in here in the room, um, to my left and to your right in the prayer room, some of our pastoral staff and some of our prayer team will be available to pray with you guys, to intercede on your behalf and just love on you today. Um, but if not, we hope you guys have an incredible day. We hope to see you back here, either in person or online for New Year's Eve. But other than that, we love you guys. Hope you have an incredible Sunday. Be blessed.